Welcome to the Landco Podcast, where we aim to bring value to landowners and prospective land buyers through our experiences and network. I'm your host and managing partner of Landco, John O'Reilly. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast. Um, year-round whitetail hunter, similar to the year-round waterfowl hunter. We got a little tied up, so we're tying two months together. So this is episode, what would that be, seven and eight? So uh, July and August, we got a little tied up, um, but we're kind of com- combining both of those. So again, here with Matt and Ryan, and let's just hop back in. Um, I talked to Jody and I, the same thing happened. We couldn't um, get together for July and literally we had a hard time remembering like two weeks ago. So that's why this sucks when this happens, but whatever, we'll do our best. Um, what do you guys have going on in July? I know we talked a little bit. It's kind of a dead month and I know at least Ryan and I have been working a lot on development projects, but um, Matt, you've been doing anything in terms of uh, prepping for next year's whitetail season? Uh, I mean, starting with July, uh, that's the month I try and get all of the trail cameras out there. Um, you know, between my Cuddy links, I've got a couple of, uh, uh, Spartan cell cameras and then, uh, just some other, you know, other brands I put out, get every camera set on all of our farms and in position to make sure they're in the right spot and, uh, positioned right. Uh, that took up a lot of my time, you know, just making sure that, uh, you know, lanes are getting clear shots in there, uh, for stands and, you know, cameras are in the right spots. How many cameras you got out? Gosh, I couldn't even tell you between all. I mean, we run easily um, 60, 75 cameras easily between all these. Okay. Um, And and I think we'll probably get into cameras a little more because I I have a feeling that's what Ryan was doing a lot of in July and August as well. But uh, so we'll get into like the method of where you put those and why and what happens when you get one that you um, want to target. But uh, is that kind of the same thing you've been doing, Ryan? Yeah. Cameras up. I just mess with cameras in July pretty much. Um, yeah. Just because the cutty links are new, are new to me this year. So I wanted to try to get through all the hurdles early. And uh, so we're running somewhere, same as Matt, 72 to 80, I think I've got out now. So yeah. This is the first year we're on, you're on the cutty link, right? Yeah. Did it all go smooth? Yeah. There's a couple little hiccups. User error. You know, just trying to figure right. out the settings, um, and with some of the bigger farms, you know, trying to get the signal, and I had to learn how to use a repeater to get the signal to get all the way across a couple of different big farms. So, but other than that, everyone uh, so, was so is that kind of like an extender, so you could the range as long as another camera and just put it on a, uh, a uh, repeater mode, and it just transfers the signal farther for you. Got it. Okay. Um, so let's, since July is sort of slow, I mean, I, I say it's slow, it's slow in terms of whitetail, in terms of what like Landco has been doing in real estate and development, it's been like, it's been nuts. And that's probably why it's hard to work in a bunch of uh, whitetail stuff. But when you do put out the trail cameras, give us a little rundown of where you put them, why you put them there. Oh, there's that dumb cat. <laughs> 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 and and what you're looking for like do you have some and i'm i'm entirely asking because i i don't know i mean um are you targeting 
Are you trying to find a deer that you think you have? Or are you setting up in a field to see the movement or a little bit of both? Or what, what's the, in July, what are you trying to accomplish? I'm just trying to find mature deer, basically, um, and see, you know, a few of the up-and-comers, the bachelor groups, basically. Sure. Um, you know, all of my cameras right now are set on inside corners facing a, a field edge, you know, out into a green field, whether it's alfalfa or a clover field. Um, I will start moving some of those cameras as our fall food plots now start start to grow. Um, all of our all of my fields are set up to where there's a border, a 15 foot border around them. So I've got a nice area to get pictures in these transition spots where they'll come out and they'll feed in that alfalfa strip prior to going into the beans or the corn. So yep. right now, all the cameras are set on alfalfa or clover plots um, and whatever field edges that are on grain, uh, most of the cameras are on beans at an area where I know that they're going to come in and out of. And then what corn, what cameras I have uh, set on corn are usually in the back pockets of fields that the deer are just annihilating the corn. I mean, I've got areas that are, you know, there's five acres of corn that isn't three, three foot tall because the deer just wiped it all out. So um, that's, I don't have any cameras at all right now in the timber at all. Is it because it's too thick or just because they're all coming out to eat anyways? They're, they're, they're cut, they're, most of the bucks are still in bachelor groups that I've seen. So they're all, you get them out on field edges, you're getting, you're, I think you're using better use of the camera than versus in the timber, just getting them on a trail. Right. So, so right now, now as, getting... as October rolls through, you know, I'll transition though almost all the cameras to scrapes. Okay. Once the scrapes start, then I'll move a lot of those cameras to you know scrapes or uh, uh, known travel corridors that I know that they're using. Yeah, will be using. Is that what you're doing, Matt? Just trying to locate deer. Oh, for sure. Like Ryan said, right now they're uh, you know they're they're bachelored up right now. I uh, like him. I've got the big um edges you know along our fields that i can get pictures in these transition areas so uh, i like setting up on those uh the big open um you know travel corridors from bedding into food sources our green food sources right now we've got some nice trails cut that i know these deer use to come out of their bedding area into the uh the green plot so i like to set up on those um as well as some uh nice creek crossing areas you know where it's not too steep um you know, these deer with as hot as it's been, they're coming to water and they don't want to have to, you know, go down a steep hill. So I like to look for the big creek crossings that I set up some cameras on there too, to catch them coming to water and uh, making their move out of bedding to the fields through that. Right. So do you, you obviously know some of the deer from last year on this stuff. Can you identify those yet? Like, are you seeing deer that you want to see that you can say that's the deer that we saw last year? For sure. I've, yeah. I've got, uh, two to three that uh, we had, you know, a lot of pictures of last year, hoping to get them this year to see how they grew. And uh, thank goodness uh, they're pretty easy to identify. And uh, thank goodness, too, that they've also put on a lot of inches this year, exactly what we were hoping for. But you didn't send me any pictures? Ah, man, you know, it's uh, <laughs> one of those things, you know, you don't know who's listening to some of these podcasts sometimes, and I got to watch some of the neighbors to uh, 
to make sure they know what deer I'm talking about. But uh, no, I'll get you some pictures. We can pop those up on the next podcast because these are a couple of these deer are ones that I'm going to have to go after uh, early on, just knowing their travel patterns. Well, if nothing else, hang on to them. So when we uh, do this in October, November, we can match them up. Hopefully, a picture of me holding a rack of one and some trail camp pictures. <laughs> right. So right now they're all out like fields. Is it is it too early to start patterning one, patterning one so you can move stands around, or is this just like general area? Hey, we knew we know there's a deer here. We want to target. I mean, it, it varies. Uh, I think for me at least, um, and I think some people say, I think every farm is different. Um, some of these bucks, depending on the pressure, uh, you know, the time that they're coming out, the areas they're coming out now, it's going to stay pretty similar. Um, some bucks, you know, you get into that second week of September and they just, they change a little bit depending on what's yeah. going on out there. Uh, seeing how some of these deer on our farms are moving right now and comparing it to last year. I'm going to move a couple of stands around just knowing what uh, what they started doing towards the first part of October so that I can hopefully, uh, you know, kind of move in on that area a little bit better and uh, maybe have a go at them. Well, and yours is a little different, right? Especially that farm, which I think you're talking about because you added plots too, right? You added stuff. Uh, if you're talking about that one, yes, we did add plots to that. That one, um, I am going to move a stand on that one because we've got one good deer but i don't have enough uh intel on him yet to really know where he's going to be moving we just started getting pictures of him so i'm going to watch that a little bit more before i do anything but one of our other farms it's a uh a nice real nice buck that we got pictures of all last year and he was very killable early october and then he kind of um but he was just he needed one more year so i'm i'm going to target him season before he starts getting a little flaky in november and you've got a few pictures of him Oh yeah, he's he's a good one. You got any pictures of any Ryan that you're after? Mm, not really. He always says no. He's yeah, <laughs> just a couple, but not. Hey, we got we got several nice deer, but nothing, <laughs> nothing like earth shattering. I mean, right. just some good, good, good deer. But Does that worry for those, for those people who don't know when Pudic says he's got a couple of nice ones? You know, those like are treated to a lot of people, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Does that worry? There is our, our pictures are very encouraging this year as far as the amount of deer, um, total number of mature deer, total number of uh, bucks across the board, young bucks. Uh, Three and four year olds, very very strong numbers. Uh, the fawns, I mean, we've got a ton of fawns, and I don't know what what you know. Maybe predation is down a little bit this year. I, I don't know, but our, we've got a lot more fawns than I remember um, on camera. Uh, yeah, was it a mild winter? Again, I've I have a tough time remembering like last week, but. Was it a mild winter? Yeah, relatively speaking, yeah. Uh, we didn't get any of the real big cold snaps like we did the year right. before. Um, you know, and, and maybe the one thing I will say that is alarming is the lack of turkey pictures on my cameras. Really? Our turkey population, I, mean, I used to get tons of turkey pictures, and I'm I'm not getting very many at all. And that, you know, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with our bobcat population. Um, 
there's people out there that are way smarter about this stuff than I am, and I don't know what it is, but there are turkey pictures are way down. Uh, I mean, I, I remember getting 50 turkey pictures a week. Yeah. And I'm getting five at most. You know, it's weird that you say that because, and we have, we literally have never talked about this, but the last two or three farms that I've looked at, all of them have said um, the turkey just aren't there recently. Yeah. Which is, and I didn't think anything of it until you said that. Are you saying that, Matt? You know, it's, I hadn't, you know, I've been in such a deer mode here lately. I've not really, you know, thought about it, but, uh, you know, looking through all the pictures, yeah, it, uh, it makes sense. I'm really not getting that many turkey pictures right now. I've seen some, you know, being out, uh, uh, you know, going to check a couple of cameras on some field edges, but uh, I've not really gotten a lot of pictures of turkey lately. It's kind of weird. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, so you say a bunch of good ones, Ryan. Is it you're not like, do you worry that you haven't got some that you're after already? Or is it too early to be concerned about that? No, I just, the, I'm very pleased with what I've seen so far across, you know, all the farms. Um, there's just a great crop. And I don't know, like I said, there's several guys out there that, that know way more about this than I do. But it just seems like we've got such a good crop of three and four year old deer. Um, that maybe we're getting on the backside of that EHD. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we've had uh, two wet springs in a row that I think does help the deer tremendously. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it. We just, we've got, and, and multiple people that I talk to on a weekly basis are saying the same thing about their farms, uh -huh. that they are very, very pleased with the uh, results of their camera survey so far. Right. So. But in terms of, uh, which is very like, that's great to hear. But in terms of like one that you're like, yes, that one I want to shoot. If you haven't, if you don't, if you haven't identified it yet, at what point do you get worried that it's not out there? Or do you? I don't. I know. I know that there will be one that will show up. Um, be one I, I've had, I've had, had it where I didn't even know what target deer I would go after until the end of September, 1st of October. Because okay. all of a sudden, you know, those bachelor groups break up and then you'll get a picture of him out of nowhere. And you're like, yeah. boom, there he is. And then all of a sudden you'll start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and figure out kind of his core area. Um, you know, right now I'm just kind of in the, um, just kind of investigating what's out there. So yeah. no, I, don't, I don't have a target deer so far for this year. I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't, if you're not getting pictures of the deer you're going after, I wouldn't even stress to, you know, things change, factors change on a farm. I mean, the one that, you know, the 213 inch deer that dad killed last year, we had four years of pictures of him. I don't think we got our first picture of him this past season until October 24th. And dad, killed him on, he killed him on October 29th. I was going to bring that up because you guys never got a picture of him early, right? He was, you know, we were lucky to get one summertime you know a couple summertime pics of him he mostly lived on the neighbor he summered on the neighbors um and he would come over to ours usually like mid to late october uh and he would stay until you know through late season for all the food uh, and yeah. that was the same ryan remember the uh i don't even think we had a name for that deer but back in the north creek days that one that had that big long drop time mm -hmm. we never got a picture of him and we always got one on Halloween. 
Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah. And then he would be, you'd see him all the time for a few weeks. Yeah. He was around for a while. Yeah. Then the neighbor shot him and literally didn't got him, picked him up and put him on like the picnic table. Remember that? Right. Yeah. What? I don't think he had yeah. a mount. It was like a 206. Yeah. The neighbor, yeah, it was a big deer. But the neighbor, um, and the neighbor, he was a great, great dude from Chicago. I don't, I'm not entirely sure who knew what he was doing, but he sent the picture to me. Like, oh no, you know, you're happy for the neighbor, but it's like, damn. But it was shotgun season. He picked the whole deer up before he gutted it and it was just sitting on the picnic table. Oh, in his cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he mounted it. I think he, I think he uh, just cut the rack off and like stuck it in his barn or something. Uh, no, sucks. But everybody, you know, um, what everybody wants to do, you know, whatever they want to do is it's their, yeah, deal, it's, so. their it's their deer. They shot yep, it. They can yep. do whatever they want. Yep. hundred percent. Um, so the, <clears throat> and I screw all this up, the EHD chronic wasting, I kind of use all that stuff, but I know a lot of those, the one that's hit this area, you said maybe it hadn't the last few years because of <clears throat> what, wet springs. Uh, um, it's, it's, it hits every year. We're going to get hit this year. I, yeah. I with this drought, like you know, spree that we're going through right here, I'm I'm really worried about what's going to happen here in the next uh, next few weeks. And that's that's right. Right. It may not be, you know, across the board. It, it, it like last year, I know a couple guys that found some deer. We didn't have any. It, it yeah. was in pockets. So you know, just like the other night, we got what is today? Tuesday, Sunday. Yeah. We ended up getting an inch of rain at Cuba. Yeah, we did two at the well. Matt, you guys didn't get anything at at Fairview. No, we didn't well, get anything out there. I don't think. Uh, I think we got a little bit on our Peoria County farm, but I don't think our other ones got it all that much. No. So, well, that's good. So nothing to report yet in terms of deer dying. Not that I've heard anyway. Okay. Okay. So then, what we get into? Uh, when do you guys start getting into fall? You know, killing stuff off. I know, Matt, you were – well, you weren't killing stuff off. You were just, what, keeping it mowed? We were keeping it mowed uh, just so that the deer still had a food source, um, you know, a fresh-cut food source in there to be eaten on. Um, we did just a couple of weeks ago, uh, or within the last couple of weeks, we got everything uh, sprayed. Um, went in disc. We just got the last of everything tilled the other day. Ryan came in and helped us out and planted a couple of our farms, and I think he's going to finish up with the other one tomorrow. Uh, me and my brother went and got everything sprayed and killed off and tilled on that farm within the last couple of days. And it's powder soil ready to be planted now. So is it too powdery? I mean, it's dusty just with the lack of rain. Um, <clears throat> fortunately, I think that farm caught a little bit of that rain on, uh, on Sunday. So, uh, right after we finished tilling everything. So hopefully it won't be too bad, but, um, yeah, it's, it's dusty. Okay. I only say that because we're doing a road project and I went out there and that it's pure powder. Yeah. It's that we, uh, no moisture we could, in the ground. No, right. We could desperately, uh, use some of this, uh, you know, hopefully this moisture coming in off this hurricane that's about to hit landfall here uh, in the next day or two. Yeah. That'll be what this weekend. Is it that early? Or is it the I weekend? Think, I think they're calling for a chance, maybe Friday or Saturday. Okay. Um, we'll see though, you know, yeah. So what'd you put in? You put in mostly green stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, that farm that Ryan's going to do uh, tomorrow has quite a few grains on it, but we've got probably 
five acres worth of green field that are going to be planted there. Um, all our other farms um, are all greens just because the, you know, the amount of timber on there and the fields just aren't big enough uh, to do grains with the amount of deer that we have out there. The deer density is super high on those places. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all green fields there. Um, it's basically your turnips and radishes yep. and winter rye, things like that. Yeah. Okay. And we're gonna we're gonna do uh, hopefully uh, this farm that we always talk about with Matt. Um, would you say that farm's like what 90 percent finished for you guys? I I, I mean I always, it's, it's it's never completely finished. But like, I always say you know, or at least Dad says it's you know he's done, and then you know the next year rolls around, and there's about five other projects that come <laughs> come to. And uh, right. so yeah, I mean we'll say that every year it's about ninety percent done. Let's call it okay. That. Well, that's good enough. <laughs> So we had talked about doing like a little video slash podcast to that in like the fall. So for those of you listening that want to kind of check out some of the stuff that we don't do a very good job showing when we talk about it, are we good to do that in the fall? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, I think that's one of those farms that if you were to see it now compared to when we bought it, it's had a complete makeover. And has it, um, it was good before, so it's, it's sort of deceiving, but has it oh, yeah. all, all the work you've done changed it as much as you'd hoped? Oh, for sure. Not, I mean, one, it's become a place where, you know, we originally planned for just kind of be our hunting getaway to be able to stay out there and hunt and fish. And now it's a place where we go and, you know, have people out there, you know, to hang out. We have my, I take my kids, we have family get togethers out there. Um, and it's still an incredible hunting property and still yep. kept a lot of fish. So, uh, okay. yeah, it's 100 times better, but it was, it was great to begin with. Well, I, I was hoping you'd say that. So we'll highlight yeah. that farm and like, yeah, for sure. We'll try to do it when the leaves turn. So it's nice and nice and pretty for everybody. So October-ish, um, Ryan, what'd you guys do for food plots? Just the same, you're, you know, the you're watching the Cardinals game over there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, radishes, turnips, your rape, your brassica, and winter rye. I mean, it's doesn't get much better than that. So I've been using that for years, and I just kind of stick with it. So just kind of blends of all of it. Or do you do like isolation plots? Where I'll, just do, I'll do some where I'll just do uh, straight radishes, just straight. Don't put anything else in it. And then yeah. I'll do some with the blend where it's the radishes, the turnips, uh, purple top turnips, uh, groundhog radishes, uh, the winter rye, uh, and a little bit of brassicas. Yeah, I should have sent I should have sent you some pictures of uh, our plots, you know, kind of show. But we, we can do that for September just to kind of show, um, you know, what we plant and how you know it turns out. Because I mean, last year our plots were about as good as they get. Uh, yeah, how they looked and the deer they brought in. So I don't doubt, you know, they're going to be anything less this year. So we'll get some pictures, uh, kind of show Just need rain, need rain yeah. big time. Yeah. Sounds like we'll get it this weekend. If not, uh, looks like early next week, we're good to go. Um, is there any way to tell like what, what and again, this is me cause I, I honestly don't know. We plant this stuff, but I just plant whatever Ryan tells me to most of the time. Um, is there any way that, identify what they hit more than others or is it just that you have a variety of a little bit of everything to offer 
I always ask, no, I asked Jody this question because Jody is, I don't know, do you guys, do you watch the white or the waterfowl podcast mm-hmm. or listen to it? Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to say that I, I do. I catch a few minutes here and there, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about bird hunting, man. So I feel like I know a lot about it. Jody is like next level. Um, so I, it's, it's cool to listen to what he says. And um, sometimes I can kind of like relate the waterfowl to whitetail hunting. And he's all about diversity. You know, like, I'm like, I got to plant corn for our members. You know, like they want corn, flooded corn. He's like, that's cool. But like, it seems like the more you have, the better, like the better it works. And like, when I hear you guys talk about all that stuff, it's like, well, maybe having a little bit of everything, you know, is good for those deer at different times of the year. But yeah, because you don't like the the ducks aren't going to eat that corn until they need it, which is yeah. late in the, later in the season when it starts getting cold because they need that carbohydrate. So yeah. they'll eat your millets, your buckwheats earlier, typically, and then yeah. move on to the grain. Deer are the same way. They're gonna they will they'll still eat corn in October, but they always tend to go to go to green before they go to grain. So. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll plant on the inside part of my food plot, the green, a couple acres, and then on the back side of that will be the grain. Where I intend on shooting that deer, hopefully is in the green as they're transitioning going to the grain. Right. There's kind of transition areas. Right. Okay. But the, but the green, and I get that, but when you say greens, you just listed off like 10 different kinds of greens, right? Like Yeah, but right, you know, like the first part of October, uh, alfalfa, straight alfalfa, or yeah. white-tailed clover. Those are your two biggest things that, you're, that your deer will be on. And then they'll move over to your, uh, they'll hit some of the brassicas and the, and the uh, uh, radishes and turnips typically after we get a frost or a couple frosts because that brings all the sugars up into the leaves. So it's all kind of the time of year versus um, I think it's, I think it's the time of year versus what they, what they want to eat. You know, right. I think it's just because of the, the different maturities and the, mm-hmm. and, and the taste for say October, middle of October. And we've had two good hard frosts already they may be in those uh, turnips and radishes and, and, and the clovers more because of the sugars that are, that have come up into the plant. Yeah. Typically those, you know, those big bulbs on those brassicas, you won't see those chewed on until after we've had a couple of really, you know, cold days on there. And I, I normally don't see that until December. Typically. Right. And maybe last, last year, last year we had a freeze at what Thanksgiving. I know we did for waterfowl. We were, we were froze. We had to flip on our uh, ice eaters and it, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I I just know that they, they tend to eat those bulbs later. Um, yeah, at least for me, anyway. Yeah, and I mean, it's not to say you can't you know hunt over those early season because I mean they eat the tops off quite a bit. Oh, yeah, have deer eat. in those radishes. They love eating you know the tops of radishes and everything. And yeah, um, it's just you won't see them really you know start digging those bulbs up and chewing on those until after we've had some really cold days. Right. So it is. It's similar to the the waterfowl that you sort of need a little bit of all of it just so they have it at different times of the year. Mm-hmm. Sure. So what, and this is not about your farms, but just a, a question that might help people listening. What if you only had a 40 acre plot or a 40 acre tract? Okay. And you had a, what's the average on that? You know, two or three acre food plot, two or three acres of food plots. 
is that too small to do a mix of all that stuff or would you no. uh, it's not you would still do a mix on that absolutely, absolutely. yeah i mean our just, our uh, one of our farms is just over 50 acres and i mean it's so it's 55 acres and i i'd say what do we have on that place ryan maybe seven acres yeah maybe of uh, food plots and it's just a you know diversity of green fields through there and uh that farm probably has more deer on it than you know some 200 acre farms right and when you, you know, say a couple acre plot you know and and that is i would say the majority of landowners yeah you know, <laughs> that, you know own a 40 or an 80 or you know whatever you know they've only they've got two to five acres to work with um i would definitely you know uh, one of the best and and i think matt will agree with me i mean one of the uh, seed dealers or seed companies puts 12 different seeds together um, and it's it's remarkable how good that that mixture is and right. it matures those plants all mature at different times throughout the season so for for a guy that does only have a two acre or five acre food plot and he can put that in it's going to be it's going to basically last the entire season for him okay it's going to draw deer in different times for him Yep. So what if a guy doesn't have, and I only asked this because Ryan and I dealt with this, like, when did we look at that farm out by Hannah City? Was that three months ago or something? Mm -hmm. um, if a guy doesn't have the ability to put in food plots, whether it's from lack of funds or doesn't have control of the tillable because it's under lease, um, if you can't do those food plots you guys are talking about, is the next best thing to talk the farmer into putting in like a uh, fire ring that has some of that stuff in it. So it's sort of a transition, sort of a food plot, sort of a fire ring, whether it's clover, <clears throat> alfalfa, whatever it is. If you can't do the food plot, is that the next best or do you just let it go in the grain at that point? No, I would, I would, I'm a huge advocate of pulling those uh, crops away from the tree lines. Anyway, you, you do know, it anyways, right? right? They don't, they you don't, do it. They, you know, you're plant, you're putting fertilizer there. You're 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 putting seed there, and the cost of this stuff is astronomical. And the coons, uh, the deer, the the trees, basically rob all the nutrients. Mm -hmm. And the animals, the deer and the raccoons and whatever, you know, eat it all. So you might as well pull it away from the timber line and put a, a ten acre or a ten foot or fifteen foot strip. Yeah, and it gives you accessibility, better accessibility <clears throat> year round, and two. It, it's giving something for the deer to eat. Plus, it also helps the turkeys, and it also helps you know if you're lucky enough to have quail, um, because they all go into those. Say it's out. Say it's alfalfa. They all go in there to eat, and the, the quail go in there to get bugs. So do the turkeys. So you know that's. Yeah. I've got every farm set up that way, and anybody I talk to from a design design side of things, I always recommend that. Yeah. I, I did too, even from like a, I think you, you touched on it, but even from like an enjoyment standpoint of a farm, there's, I'm going to say there's nothing, nothing worse. I'm sure like pure diehard whitetail hunters, it's not the end of the world, but like now if there's no access strips or on fields or no trails, you almost can't go anywhere in a farm. Right. So like if I were to take my eight year old or seven or eight year old out there just to play around, if you don't have that stuff, you almost can't do anything. 
I mean, one of one of our farms that we uh, that we have, that's one of the cases. And I usually only hunt it uh, rut in late season just because he does plant. The farmer does plant to the edges and I cannot go anywhere on that farm until after he harvests. So you just got to stay off of it. Pretty much. And I mean, it's one of the best farms that I hunt, you know, with the amount of deer that are on there and yeah. the quality of deer. But it's just you cannot, uh, you know, it's not even worth trying to hunt anywhere on there until after the farmer harvests. Right. Right. Okay. What else did you guys do? And uh, we still have like another week of August, so we're not all the way through. Is there is there anything that you guys are going to do this next week that we haven't talked about? Let's get all of our dove fields ready. Dove fields. Yep. Uh, I'm having, I'm mowing all mine Thursday, by the way. I got that all taken care of. Okay. I'm what just, do you, uh, uh, I'm moving a couple of stands around, uh, just trying to move in on a couple of these deer based on what they're doing. And besides that, I'm, you know, starting to shoot my bow, you know, get used to that, make sure I'm dialed in good. So yep. that's going to finish my month out. Nice. Okay. When you, we can touch a little bit on dove. I mean, most deer hunters dove hunt. Have you started to mow stripes yeah, at all? I, I started, I mowed our first strips 10 days ago. Okay. And I mowed some more, more this afternoon. So what do you think you're about 25% mowed? I'd say 50%. Oh, 50. Okay. Mm -hmm. So were you, I only asked because you haven't swung. Have you seen my field recently? Not for a couple of weeks. So the weird part about my field is, and maybe it's because we planted it early, but they were mature. They were probably dead and mature like two, three weeks ago. But so there were doves and blackbirds in there eating the seeds off of them like crazy. Um, I bet we're 50% eaten already, and I haven't mowed not a one. Wow. That happened last year too. That happened last year too, Yeah. Luckily this year they kind of like topped over a little earlier, so now they can't get to all of them. But so I, I was just going to mow mine like literally Thursday, maybe some Friday morning. And that's I just it. do it. Try to do a midday Thursday and do everything you want to do, and then not touch it again until opening day. That's kind of the plan. But yours were uh, that wasn't the case. Yours were like pretty clean, so you just started mowing them. No, I got. We've got some weeds in ours, but uh, I just needed to get the birds started. I mean, clean in terms of like everything was, uh, they weren't eating your seed or anything. Oh, or no, they're, they're, they're eating seed. Oh, yeah, they're eating seed. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else we miss? Any previews for uh, September? I mean, that's when you guys start, what, honing in on stuff? I'm going elk hunting, so I'll be oh, that's right. in October. You'll be back in October. <laughs> you better start hitting the treadmill then. I know. <laughs> uh, no, September is going to be more just uh, making sure i am got all my stuff ready to go, shooting my bow, and uh, really starting to, you know, uh, check my cutty links so I'm not, you know, I like to – you know, leave the farms alone as much as I can during the month of September and just check my cameras on the outskirts, my cutting links, and uh, see what these bucks are doing. Okay. Well, cool. Well, next month we'll talk about deer you guys think you've targeted and kind of what your strategy is going into uh, literally next next month is the last month before season starts. So at that point, we'll probably start talking strategy a little bit, um, unless that's top secret. 
<laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. That was, uh, again, July, August, and we will be back in about uh, a little over a month um, with the September episode, uh, talking about kind of strategy heading into the season, which starts – that's October 1st, right? Or is it September? It's October 1st, right? October 1st. Yeah. Okay. So that'll do it. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>